And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Welcome to yet another edition of the Tom Green podcast. The Lions are 0-8, and frankly, I had a good time not getting to talk about them for a week because we knew that they were not going to lose once again, but... The second half of the season begins, and with the second half of the season comes nine opportunities for the Lions to get that first victory in Coach Dan Campbell's regime. With that said, we bring in the Men of Steel podcast, or should we say the Man of Steel, Charles Ritchie. He isn't necessarily part of the Steel Curtain, but I'm sure he wishes he could be. How's it going, Charles? Good. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I don't know about Man of Steel just yet, though. I mean, I'll have to watch out with that before, bro. But other than that, uh, I'm pretty uh, confident right now. Uh, once again, uh, Steelers right now, they find themselves in control of their own destiny as we uh, speak after having uh, a, a whimsical of a start right now, more particularly with the run block in the offensive line, which you've seen all season. But uh, here they are right now, second place in the AFC the sixth seed in the wild card right now, and plus a key game going on tonight, which is at halftime. Baltimore Ravens in Miami versus the Dolphins right now. Uh, the Ravens uh, happen to lose that game tonight, and the Steelers get a win uh, once again, uh, hopefully versus the Lions, which I have confidence they will. Uh, they can find themselves in first place in the AFC North uh, based on uh, their record in the AFC North division. Ravens have only lost one time of uh, – Valley one point, which is when they hosted the Bengals back two, three weeks ago. And I believe that was during the Steelers' bye right there. They lost uh, that one in convincing fashion to uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals right there. So how about that right now? Uh, I, I know it's been a wacky start, but doing what I expected right now, and congratulations to Mike Tomlin. Passing Bill Cower on regular season wins with 150. He is now four more shy the pass him and career wins, which includes regular season and playoffs. And when, the surprising thing is, too, it's yeah. the same number yeah. of wins he needs this year to avoid a non-losing season, which would be nine wins. And if he does that this year, they'll pull him past Bill Cowher and career wins total. So that's how we're doing tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. He's doing great. And you never know the Steelers could be in front of the AFC North once this – once we are done, not necessarily done with this podcast, but when the podcast has run its course and the Lions and Steelers finish. So after that Steelers talk, my Lions are 0-8. My Lions laid two eggs at Ford Field, one against Cincinnati, the other against Philly before the bye week. You know what? Not, not to cut you off, too, but sad thing about it is, too, this has been last time I checked, this was still under the last uh, – previous regime under Matt Patricia dating back to Thanksgiving of last year, those losing streaks began. So it's not only an eight-game losing streak. I believe it's about those games they lost uh, down the stretch. So I think it's a 12-game uh, losing streak, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 
going into this year right now. Yeah, 12 games, and that was the Houston Texans last year. Yeah, it's been very rough at Ford Field and even on the road. It's it just hasn't been pretty for the Detroit Lions. It's very it's it's 2008-esque. It's just it it's hard to explain and it's hard to fathom. But again, the Detroit Lions find themselves on a long losing streak. So as a Steelers fan, how could perhaps you see the Lions ending that losing streak? Hopefully not, of course, in your mind, hopefully not against your Steelers, but what should the Lions do to end this losing streak? Well, I think you got to put the pressure right now and shine down the run game of the Steelers right now. Cause last time you checked right now, I mean, Najee Harris, uh, he's been doing a good job right now, uh, leading all rookie running backs uh, going into this uh, game right now. Uh, with 541 yards, which is 10th amongst all current running backs off 150 carries. He's averaging 67 yards per game, uh, nearly uh, well over three and a half yards uh, per yards per attempt. And uh, he's also right now second in uh, scrimmage yards in his rookie class behind uh, Bengals wide receiver Jamar uh, Chase. Uh, right now, he has 289 reception yards for 830 total. So if anything, if I'm the Lions right now, you got to find a way to like, uh, you know, like put, overwhelm the offensive line. The offensive line has kind of played, uh, took a little bit of a step back uh, this past week versus the Bears. I mean, I think they did okay. Probably give them a C minus, but when, when you look at the Detroit Lions and like uh, what their weapons they got right there, you look at like uh, probably like the two head attack right there, uh, who they got. And I saw a game uh, not too long ago when they were playing LA versus the Rams which they almost uh, stole, uh, but thanks to a few costly turnovers late in the game, uh, one of them which by Jalen Ramsey, former uh, Jaguar right there, who kind of like uh, did the Lions fade in that day. You look at guys like Jamal uh, Williams and DeAndre Swift right there, especially like a guy like Jamal Williams who can run late in games right now. He's their leading uh, back right now, and you got DeAndre Swift uh, not too far off behind them, so he Williams got 312 yards, uh, followed by 289 yards of Swift. But the difference between those two is like the scrimmage yards right there where it flips. Uh, DeAndre Swift is more the all-around player. He leads his team with 704 yards, uh, five uh, touchdowns uh, right there. So I, I think if anything, if your line's right there, it's 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 way in the bail line scrimmage more importantly because uh, we know. Uh, Jared Goff right now, he, I mean, he has not been uh, nearly the same quarterback like it was that lost in that Super Bowl. I mean, to be honest, I never really followed him as a top-tier quarterback at that point, but he was definitely exciting. I think he did enough to be uh, managing and okay. I think he had more of a better situation with Sean McVay, no disrespect uh, right there. I mean, Sean McVay, I think, was just more of a creative coach right there. And you look at the Lions situation right there, too. I mean – I mean, you got like uh, Holmes right now is like uh, your executive vice president, uh, GM right there. I mean, he's coming over. So I, I, I really believe it's it's Bobby stuff in the run on defense for the Lions, and then be able to troll the game on the ground. I think that's got to be key right there, uh, and which could lead to time of possession. Absolutely, I'll tell you, you made one error, and that error was the, that you had 
you had thought that Detroit actually had weapons because in my mind they lack that. <laughs> Especially yeah, but at the same time, at the same time too, you know what you always hear the saying by uh, Mike Tomlin: "Smile in the face of adversity." Trust me, I know football is a totally different game where it was like 15, 20 years ago, where we we're used to seeing guys like you and I uh, defense. When you have like a, an established lead. You really see defense start to shut down. It is definitely more. The offense is exploding on a whole new level right there. Uh, yeah, officials, I mean, like uh, making headlines in the game, which I'm sure we'll get into that shortly oh, absolutely. a little bit later on. But, I mean, still, I mean, it's like you better darn believe uh, that's why think of it, only but a goodie, 60 minutes is true to its finest form right there. 14-3 uh, lead uh, versus the uh, Bears at halftime, and you – Look at the Steelers right now. I mean, so far what they've been able to do. Uh, whenever they had halftime's leads, and this was especially in the midst of their uh, four-game winning streak, three of those games versus the Broncos, Seahawks, and Chicago Bears, uh, they led at halftime uh, for a combined uh, total 45-9, uh, which was like about a 36-point lead. In those games, uh, when it came to the second half, uh, they had been outscored 34-57 to for minus 23 right there. So, again, granted, I think this is a doable game. I mean, I could probably compare it to, like, last year when they played the Jaguars in Jacksonville. I mean, last year where they won that game 27-3. I'm not saying by means it's going to be that. But I think if you're the Steelers right now, you're Mike Tomlin, you're going to this game more than likely without uh, Chase Claypool's got an injured uh, toe injury right there, which would be very serious. Uh, seems like it would be uh, week-to-week as opposed to season-ending, according to Ian Rapport, but – uh, we shall wait and see uh, about that. So, I mean, I imagine they're going to use a lot more uh, tight ends going into this game, too, to help blocking, uh, start getting fire moves from Gentry going. Uh, you might see Ebron get in there. I mean, who's been struggling with some drops right there. So I really believe right there, because like I said, if you could find a way to like, uh, put this game on Ben Roethlisberger, force him to put the ball in his hands, I, I really believe that you you could stay in it right there and who knows possibly win it because, like I said, i seen that game versus the Rams right there and what they did late running the ball. They got the Rams' defense winded right there. It just, it just came to boil down to, at the end of the day, they couldn't close the deal thanks to some crucial turnovers uh, by golf right there. So I, I think that's the only question you got to get into right now. When you look at a guy like Dan Campbell, great guy, great character, he says he wants to identify with the city of Detroit, their attitude right there. But at the same time, too, you also got to be a little bit concerned if you're a Lions fan, seeing this frustration happen right now. I mean, and trying to not to have another winless season. I'm not saying it's going that route, but there's got to be a question in place. It's a difference where you got a line between motivating your players and actually, like, make some counteractive uh, strategies to really control the flow of the game and set the tempo. I think that's where the concerns lie at right now is he's uh, learning as a head coach because last thing he wants to be labeled as as a, the first – I mean, one of the rare people who's experienced a winless season as a player and a head coach. That's the only thing right now. Yeah, and who knows as far as, as that goes with our Detroit Lions, but as long as they're, as long as they're on the field, they have a chance and they just got to yeah. avoid those costly turnovers. As I said on the show before, turnovers are great at Arby's, but not on the field. So let's talk about this, um, about this taunting call. 
And uh, you have actually have some audio for us, and we're going to listen to actually the taunting call here in just a second. But as a Steelers fan, take me through that. Uh, I will say this. I mean, going into the uh, game right there, I mean, listen, uh, you can look at that play right there, and a lot of people definitely are frustrated in the way it's ruining the game right there. You had Mike Tomlin, who said at the end of the game, too, aside from the official, uh, that they're trying to, like, uh, track – all audiences right there, especially for younger generation right now. And the referees, uh, according to Tony Correnti, he has been told by, you know, the officiating crew that they're going to be making uh, taunting and unsportsmanlike conduct a point of emphasis. So you may agree or disagree with the call emphatically, but at the same time, if it's by the letter of the law, I, I believe at the end of the day, he got right. The only question I have, which looked very suspicious, he warranted it when he, per- when he, uh, Coincidentally, when Marsh was going back towards his bench after staring down the Steelers for a little bit, after taking a couple of steps, once he's going back towards the middle of the field, he bumps into uh, Tony Correnti, who turns right into him. So when he bumps into Cassius Marsh right there, that's his reason. I mean, it appears right there on screen that warranted the flag. If it was unsportsmanlike conduct, my only issue I take with it, it should have been called – uh, when he took a few steps, started mouthing off, the flag should have been thrown. Not when you bumped into a player. That's the only issue I take with that. So uh, if you want, I play the clip if you're ready right now. Absolutely. Here they Let's hear it. All right. Roethlisberger somehow gets out of there, and now he's taken down. Cassius Marsh just elevated today for tonight's game. That'll go as a third sack for Chicago. Going to get off the field as fourth down. Chicago just plays two men. Just watch how they lock up across the board. Everybody playing great man coverage. Safety's over the top. This is a coverage sack. Just watch how they lock up across the board. There's nowhere for Ben to go with this football. Nowhere. At the conclusion of the play, taunting. Defense number 59. 15-yard oh. penalty will create a first down. Oh, that's, that's Marsh. Unbelievable. And uh, that was the play right there. You just heard uh, courtesy of Monday Night Football with uh, Steve uh, Levy, uh, uh, Lewis Riddick, and then, of course, uh, Brian Greasy right there, the threesome right there of today's Monday Night Football. That was a call right there. And like I said, I – I, I just – I take issue – you decide to throw the flag when you bump into the player right there. I mean, Tony Correnti, I mean, he seems like he's kind of had a little bit of a suspicious history as of late when you look at this guy right here. But like I said, uh, I did not like the way that had to be the controversy of the game. But when you're in media, unfortunately, you're going to have some negatives to focus on, stuff that's going to draw attention uh, for the wrong reasons. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, listen, I mean – Technically, he did call it. It is the right call. I have a problem with the timing. It should have been thrown when he was going towards the sideline, pausing and like mouthing off just a little bit. That's when the flag should have been thrown, not when he bumped into the guy. That was just ridiculous. Exactly. And it certainly looked like that Carrenti warranted it. And Carrenti's officiating crew has had a history of 
being a, an officiating crew that has had a more uh, that has called a lot more penalties than most. So it really shouldn't surprise a lot of people that that call was made, but we both do have issue with uh, Carrente bumping Marsh and then throwing the flag. It's like, okay, yeah, fine. If you want to throw it when Marsh was staring down the Pittsburgh bench, fine, but not when you bump into the guy, I mean, are you, you're penalizing the guy for you bumping into him? Makes it makes no sense to me, but nonetheless, a taunting penalty that in turn with a with its consequence, perhaps ends up costing Chicago a victory over Pittsburgh. And not only that, too, the senior vice president of officiating, uh, Perry Fuel, right there, uh, he actually supported Parenti in that uh decision right there. And here's a quote right here, according to NFL.com and ESPN as well. I'm sure you'll find uh, he goes on quote saying, in Chicago versus Pittsburgh. Bears number 59, of course, uh, Cassius Marsh, and that play is penalized for taunting. Uh, as you explained in the video that was posted to Twitter, he took he takes several steps towards the Pittsburgh bench, posturing toward their sideline. Taunting is a point of emphasis to promote sportsmanship and respect for opponents. This is recommended by the competition committee and coaches. So and, uh, that, that's that. Yeah, so definitely taunting has been a point of emphasis, but there's a point where if the if the ref somehow warrants it, and not and I'm not necessarily saying Corrente warranted the flag, but um, yeah, we we have basically talked about it, and that and that is, you know, if you if you want to throw the flag when he's when he's staring at the bench, fine, but don't throw it when you bump into him. It just Last thing I want this to lead into, too, and because we got uh, replay challenges and stuff right now, and I was listening to, like, an art podcast when I was going home. Uh, you check them out on YouTube right there. They're called Steel Twins right there. Uh, they do their own uh, coverage of Pittsburgh Steelers right there. Uh, they're all an independent podcast, doing a great job, by the way. But uh, they were mentioning, too, I mean, it's like, you know, at this point, I mean, if we're going to be, like, reviewing stuff, you may as well start reviewing, like, significant stuff in that, uh, those moments right there. I mean, take a look at that. Because I know a couple years ago, I don't want to go through it again, but reviewable pass interference, uh, which was totally a waste of time, only lasted one season, thank God. But I think in a case like this, you do have to kind of, like, take a little of a closer look. And uh, I, I got to imagine when the FL's owners' meetings, I mean, comes up around, like, when is it like end of February, March of uh, the spring right here? I got to believe this has got to be something they're going to like uh, relook at on the table right here. Uh, something they're, they're going to want to like, uh, are you sure? I mean, like vote. I mean, like, yeah, I get you're trying to sell, sell to a younger audience, but you also got to understand at the game, at the end of the day too, this is still a war of nutrition right here at the end of the day. It's just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's like uh, trying to like, uh, put hand sanitizer on the construction worker's hands and then expect him to keep working with keeping his hands close clean as possible when he's interacting with others. It, it's, 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 it's going to be uh, very patient to have work consistently. Absolutely. And I definitely see that meeting happening and they're going to have to talk about it because uh, yeah, and you had said about a pass inter- the pass interference rule, that was really just a bandaid on the missed call that we all saw when Nikel Roby Coleman got away with, in my opinion, murder on Tommy Lee Lewis. <laughs> what, what they should do, what they should do, I know people are going to probably laugh at me for saying this, and I'm not picking fun at anybody, but I'm being dead serious on this. 
put some of the damn games on Nickelodeon like they did in the playoffs with the playoff game versus Bears and Saints. I mean, if you want to be talking about educating to a, a younger audience, I'm all for playing something for younger kids who are watching this. Have fun with it. I thought Nate Burleson did an awesome job right there. I know it got poked a lot of fun, especially by uh, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo on uh, Sirius uh, XM Radio uh, from uh, Mike and the Mad Dog uh, back in the day. We used to be a tandem. But still, I mean, seriously, I, I, I don't mind what Mike Thomas says. You're trying to, like, teach lessons people are watching it. But put something like that on our channel for kids to watch. Because you know what? You could still make this game educational. And, you know, unfortunately, you're going to see some – you're going to see some action, some bilanguage that's not going to be deemed appropriate for younger kids who are preteen or early teenage years. Why not? Pull it on here. You could have someone, like, you know, educate the game as you're going along, explain some of these penalties real quickly. I'd rather them do that, though, if you're going to be going this route. My, my personal opinion. I would have no problem with that. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, and I I didn't get a chance to actually watch the Nickelodeon game between the Bears and Saints last year, but I listened to it on the radio, and, you know, I thought it was a good idea because not only are uh, young adults like yours truly and you uh, get all to – All races, genders, too, who are in this uh, – all, all types. I mean, what this game attracts. I'm just saying, if we're going to go that route, let's put it on those platforms, too. Yeah, and who who doesn't like seeing slime in the end zone? Yeah. Like I said, we're going to be watching the games like either like off our phones or at home or at bar or some houses with some friends. For the young ones, I I would not, I would have no problem have some games on a platform like that. Seriously. Yeah, teach them the game young and have a lot of fun with it because. Really, in the, in retrospect, that's what life is supposed to be. Have a lot and, of fun. And that, more money in business for the NFL at the end of the day. How 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 much more you want to continue to feed your pocketbook so too and be beneficial, cater to more audiences that way. That's good for business, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, life is supposed to be a, is supposed to be a lot of fun with what you do. In fact, with my new gig at the Huron Daily Tribune, I'm having a lot of fun with that and making the best out of it. With the NFL, you had to make the best out of what you can, and uh, there's another way of doing it. As Nickelodeon, teaching the younger kids, um, young adults can kind of relive their childhood a little bit with slime in the end zone and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. Absolutely. I support that. So, um, hey, hey you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink? I got you. Let's go. 